Hi, I'm Maureen Milliken. And I'm Rebecca Milliken, and this is Groovy Too. Yeah. The show about the Brady Bunch. Yeah, and we're in season five. Wow. Okay. I think we need to talk first since since last time we promised better sound. <laughs> I we, hope it's better. We have. I don't think it we is. We are. Though. Well, let me finish what I'm saying. We are moving towards that, but as we were about to record, the hard drive of my laptop finally died, and it's my fault. Because the signs were there, and I chose to live in an alternative reality where I thought it wasn't happening. But so we're recording on my iPad. But we we are recording in a better space yes, than your car are. with the fan running. The Traveler's Inn in Brunswick, Maine. Hopefully it'll be our new recording spot. And we're enjoying it quite a bit. We just went out for some Mexican food. Yes, that was good. It was delicious. So... So we're on season five of The Brady Bunch. Yes. Which was... The final season. The final season, 1973. Tonight we're going to be talking about season five through... Season. Episodes five through eight. Episode mm-hmm. five, Peter and the Wolf. Peter poses as a high school senior so he can <laughs> date an older woman. Yeah, that's funny. Episode six, Getting Greg's Goat. Greg and his football teammates steal a rival school's mascot. Mm, I have mm. lots to say about that. Yeah, me too. Episode 7, Marsha gets cream. <laughs> Marsha's new part-time job at an ice cream parlor causes problems at home and with her boyfriend. Yeah, I had some issues with that one. Yes, I did. And episode 8, My Brother's Keeper. Classic. Bobby saves Peter from being hit by a falling ladder, and in return, the older Brady promises to become Bobby's slave. And any of us we with siblings know, know the whole slave for life thing will never, never work. work. Okay, so let Peter me and the Wolf. So the start of Peter and the Wolf. Uh, we're at Westdale High School. Mm-hmm. Greg is, and so it's an outdoor scene. Greg is walking with a tall friend. Which we don't know his name. And his uh, friend, Len, right? Well, we find out later. Oh. I'm going with the Sorry. Len, now that we know. Now that you've He can't believe that Greg has a date with Sandra Martin. How do you swing that? Mm-hmm. She only dates college guys. And Greg says. <laughs> That's because she looks like she's think, 30. Yeah, no. Greg says, who do you think started the rumor? Eliminates my competition. <laughs> and, and his friend says, you're smooth. And then a girl calls to Greg, and it's Sandra. Yes, and like I said, she looks like she's about 30. She does. She needs to talk to Greg for a minute. He asks Len to wait up while he steps aside with Sandra. And she tells Greg she hates to say it, but something suddenly came up. I thought she was going to say something. (laughs) But she has to break their date Saturday night. Her cousin Linda is coming to visit, and she can't leave her just sitting alone. Mm. Greg looks upset. Um, and Linda's like, sorry. And Greg, Sandra's like, sorry. Oh, sorry, Sandra. Sandra says, sorry. And Greg says, well, how old is your cousin? And Sandra says, well, she's 18. And Greg says, well, I'll find her a date. I'll find Linda a date, and we can make it a foursome. Mm-hmm. And Sandra thinks it's great, but can Greg find someone on such short notice? And Greg says, if her cousin looks anything like you, he'll have to fight him off. And then he asks, what does she look like? By the way, uh-huh. Sandra says, she doesn't know. She hasn't seen her in six years. Last time she shot, saw her, she had pigtails and braces. And I want to... Greg looks a little worried. Yeah, I want to interject here that the whole theme of the only important thing... No shit. ...about the person being her attractiveness 
bothered me throughout this episode, yes. and it bothered me when I was twelve. Me too. Watching I did this not like it because nothing else matters about her. Yeah, but she has to be attractive. And they had a similar one on um, uh, Happy Days where Richie got fixed up with someone's cousin, and she turned out to be super tall. Mm, oh yeah. But he did end up having a good time with Yeah, and he looks like fucking Howdy Doody, so what the hell. And so Sandra runs off to class, and Greg tells Len, who's waiting, it's his lucky day. Mm-hmm. Len says, no way. He overheard the conversation. She's got pigtails and braces. It's like, buddy, she was fucking 12. Yeah. Um, Greg says, she probably looks like a million bucks now. And Len says, you know what that's worth with inflation. <laughs> Greg begs Len, but Len says, no way. Greg says he's probably gonna can get fifty guys to jump at the chance. And then he's like, Well at least twenty and then when Len leaves, Greg's like, Well, I only need one. And my feeling is, really? Yeah. You can't find one guy. Come on. I know. Guys are so desperate to date. They'll they'll Right. So the next scene's the Brady house and it's that side view that shows the garage under yeah. the house, which we don't like. Yeah. Greg is in the living room and he's on the phone and he calls Fred. And says, what are you doing Friday night? And I thought the date was Saturday night, so I was very confused by that. I backtracked to see, because I was like, what? Why is he talking about Friday? Because doesn't she say, she says our date Saturday night. I thought she did. I had to rewind it and look. Anyways, that doesn't really matter. Uh, Anyway, Fred won't go on the blind date. Uh, Linda might look like Frankenstein. And God forbid you go out with a potentially unattractive woman. These guys are fucking picky, I'm telling you. They don't really have a right to Carol's making salad in the And I want to say, the way she's cutting that fucking celery is like she's never chopped celery before in her life. I thought she was going to take her finger off. Where the hell is Alice? I wasn't paying attention. Mike comes in. He says he's been trying to get her on the phone, but he couldn't get through. Ah, the old busy signal. Yeah, he wants to know who's been on the phone. Carol says, Greg is trying to get a blind date for his date's cousin. Mike wants a date with Carol. Mm-hmm. And he starts rubbing against her. <laughs> and he wants to take her out for dinner Saturday night. And by the way, they will be entertaining Mr. Calderon and his wife from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. He tells her she better brush up on her Spanish. Yeah. And she's like, oh, great, a business dinner with tacos. What the fuck is that supposed to mean, right. Carol? It's a little racist, Carol. And then she says, don't they speak English? Yeah. And Mike says, well, the husband does, but he's not sure about the wife. Mm-hmm. And he says they should try to make her feel at home. Yeah. And they both say they haven't spoken Spanish since college. And Carol says, I'll hablo with you anytime, senor. Yeah. And then she feeds Mike a stick of celery. Which I felt was a metaphor for sex. They are sexual. They're very sexual. I know, I know. In the living room, Greg is still on the phone. Mm -hmm. Tom wants Greg to switch dates with him if Linda turns out to be a dog. And Greg hangs up angrily. Yeah, good for Greg. The three girls, not because he's, not because he's offended. The three girls come downstairs. Marcia says she wishes there was something she could do. Greg says not unless they can lend him a guy for the night. And Marsha and Jan both say they wish they could. Cindy says she'd loan Greg one of her boyfriends, mm. but none of them can stay out past time. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boys' room, Peter is showing Bobby his five whiskers on his chin. Right. Bobby feels them and says, they're so sharp. And then Peter hits him with a towel. Yeah. And Greg walks by and Peter asks Greg if he can borrow his razor. And Greg's like, you're too young to shave. And he walks off and Peter says, oh, yeah, well, I'm old enough to do a lot of things now. <laughs> Which makes me wonder. Right? I know, really. And Greg looks like he has an idea. And then there's some music to indicate that. Yes. <laughs> and then he, it's like, dun, dun, dun. and right. then he like shrugs it off. And then he stops and smiles and goes back. Into yes. The 
tells Peter he has an idea. Mm -hmm. He wants Peter to say hello, Linda, but he doesn't like how he says it. He gets so say it lower. <laughs> say it lower. <laughs> so Peter squats down and says hello. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> And then he says, say it with a deeper voice. So Greg tells Peter he's going to do him a big favor. Take him on a double date Friday night. And why does Greg, I'm like, why does Greg keep saying Friday? So I'm so confused. Yeah, I think it's a Peter's, script issue. No, you'll see okay. at the end. It, it, it straightens out at the end. Okay. Peter's like, double date with a girl and everything? And Greg says, not just a girl, an older woman. Peter's like, how old? And Greg says, 18. And Peter says, I don't have a lot of money. Do they eat a lot? <laughs> and Greg says, don't worry about money. Okay, now pay. I had a plot issue. Okay. And isn't that, Peter's in high school now. Yes. Wouldn't, I mean, I know she wouldn't necessarily he's, know him, but wouldn't Sandra recognize him I as... I don't think he's in the high school yet. They, they, He's still in junior high. Okay. Because junior high goes through freshman year. Oh, okay. So he could be 15 at the end of his freshman okay. year. Okay, all right. But... Why are you even at? I mean, we never know, know how old anybody I know. is. Now, Peter starts to get suspicious. He's like, why would someone that age want to go out with your younger brother? Greg says, you won't be my younger brother. You're going to be Phil Packer. Yeah. <laughs> a swinging guy from another high school. A cool cat every chicken school is after. And Peter loves it, but he doesn't know how to act. No. And Greg says, I'll coach you how to be Phil Packer. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, for some reason, Third Rock from the Sun, where the, where the William Shatner character's name was Stone Phillips. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's all right. Uh, now, Mike's in his office den. Carol comes in speaking Spanish, and Mike responds. Mm -hmm. They talk about Saturday night, and she tells Mike Greg has found a date for Linda. For some reason, Carol knows the guy's name is Phil Packer. And, uh, and also... And she tells Mike most of this in Spanish. They're so fucking involved in their kids. No shit. Like, like it's almost like their parents in 2019 they're so involved. Alice is in the kitchen cooking something and humming. Mm -hmm. And she also speaks Spanish to Jan, Bobby, and Cindy when they come in the kitchen. And she tells them this is her first time making Mexican food. And I'm like, what? Well, Alice has never cooked Mexican food That's before? That's what I said. Really? Southern California and she's never cooked Mexican yeah, before? Yeah, and Alice is a pretty good cook, so I don't get it. But she wants to be able to entertain the Calderones when they visit. You know, it's always a mistake if you have somebody visiting Why? from another country to cook their no, own food for I them. Never do make that. them some fucking lobsters and potato no salad shit. or something, you know? She makes huevos rancheros. Which they're don't very, look like... They're very hot and spicy. Mm -hmm. and they she, don't look like huevos rancheros. She says rancheros makes, means flamethrower. Alice tries them and says she likes them. I've made those before. They're pretty yes. good. And now we're in Greg's room, and it looks like he's got wallpaper or something. Yeah. Greg and Peter like, come up the stairs. It almost looks like beadboard, kind of. Yes. Yeah. And Peter says, tonight's their double date. Peter says it's going to be tough concentrating in class. He's very excited. Mm -hmm. Greg says they're going to do a drive-in movie. And Peter wants to know what's playing. Greg says, who cares? And they both start laughing. Like evil laugh. Gross. Yeah, I know. Peter looks nervous. Uh, now, Greg and Peter are approaching <laughs> a house. It's evening. Yeah. Peter's wearing a fake mustache. Which is a big mistake. Yes. Big mistake, big mistake. Greg tells him not to say too much. <laughs> Be the strong, silent type. Yeah. Peter wants to know what Linda looks like. And Greg says, Phil treats all the ladies alike, no matter what they look like. Yeah. Well, good for Phil. But, like, when you think about guys like that, they a lot of them do. Yeah. Because they think all the women want them. Right. Sandra answers the door, and Greg introduces her to Phil Packer. Mm -hmm. Sandra calls Linda, tells Phil, Greg has told her a lot about him. 
Linda comes to the door. She's cute, wearing a crop top. She looks about 32. But she actually is young. And she I know, but they Santa both Barbara. look... Maybe it's the amount of makeup they're wearing or something, but they both... The both girls, of the women look women old. Women always looked older. I know. Yeah. Um, Peter is psyched. Oh, yeah. And Greg looks pretty excited, too. Well, but, actually, Greg looks like he regrets that he's got Sandra. And he's yeah. got... Peter tells Greg he really knows how to pick them. Mm-hmm. Because the girls go back in to get their stuff. Yeah. Um, they're at the drive-in. Some boring Western is playing, which every time someone's watching a movie, it's always a Western. Western. Greg and Peter are getting popcorn. Peter says, Linda's a beautiful woman. He doesn't <laughs> want to goof up. Greg says, no problem. Just watch what he does and copy it, which is a stupid thing Which is say. very stupid. Yes. And they have Mike's convertible. For and day. I thought Greg was going to coach Peter beforehand anyway. Didn't uh, he, he say he was? He supposedly was, right. but Sanders in the front seat and Linda's in the back with Peter. And this whole thing made me very nervous. And Greg moves and very fast. It made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. Well, it was, you know, it's the 70s. People screwed all the time. I know. Like them. Yeah. Not to generalize, but no. it was pre-AIDS. They give the girls the popcorn. Peter repeats everything Greg says. And does. And does. Greg puts his arm around Sandra. Peter tries it with Linda, but knocks her popcorn out of her hand. <laughs> he tries to clean it up, but Linda stops him. So well, he's fine. basically groping her and She's very uncomfortable. And it's making breasts. me uncomfortable. Yeah. Greg and Sandra look And actually, back. her reaction seems very genuine. Yes. She's trying to get him off of her, you yes. know, and... And Greg and Sandra look back and shrug at each other. They don't really yeah. seem to care. Greg asks Sandra, what's that wild scent she's wearing? And Sandra says, it's exotica. <laughs> and then Peter sniffs Linda and asks her. <laughs> but he thing. sniffs her the way like a dog. And she's like, like buttered popcorn. Yeah, she yeah. sounds really pissed. Yeah, which I don't blame her. Peter apologizes. He gives him some of her popcorn. It, well, he takes the, she says, here, have some popcorn. So he goes, okay, thanks. And he takes the whole thing from her. Um, Greg's snuggling with Sandra. Yeah. Uh, Linda notices Peter's fake mustache is coming well, well, off. Well, that's funny. And he starts chewing on it. Well, and Peter's actually engrossed in the movie, so he's eating the popcorn. And he's and chewing his, it. And, he, and his mustache uh, starts going his mustache. So and I have to tell you, I can't remember the last time I laughed out loud that much <laughs> at the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg notices and makes Peter come with him to get some drinks. I know, and and their physical say, comedy, like yes. when Greg turns around Greg and sees is very it, good. And Greg, the, um, yeah, uh, Barry Williams, yeah. he's very good at and the so, facial, like yeah. the facial. And Christopher Knight is good at yeah. that kind of broad yeah. physical comedy, and so Greg basically manhandles him yes. out of the car, and Peter's trying to hide the mustache with the popcorn <laughs> thing in front of his face. Sandra uh, tells Linda she doesn't understand what's with Greg. He seems so different at school. Huh, yeah. Linda says she doesn't know what the deal is with Phil. He's never had a she's never had a date like this before. Yeah, I bet. Back at Sandra's house, the girls say it was fun. Uh, Phil shakes Linda's hand. Greg doesn't kiss Sandra goodnight, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Peter says, how did I do? Greg says he'll find out Monday when he asks Sandra for another date. Mm -hmm. Peter wants to know if Greg can fix him up, too. And Greg says, Phil can find his own dates. And Peter's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm ready to go solo. <laughs> Inside Sandra's house... The girls discuss their evening. Yeah. They laugh at Phil's fake mustache. I liked this. Um, yes. It seemed I very wondered if real. a woman had written this. Yes. Sandra says it was everywhere but under his nose. Linda says Phil couldn't have been more than 15 or 16 at the most. Sandra says she thinks she heard Greg call him Peter. Mm -hmm. And come to think of it, 
She thinks Greg has a younger brother yeah. than Peter. Hmm. They figure out who Phil is and wonder why Greg would want to pull a gag like that. Yeah. They don't know, but decide to get him back. Yeah, the old mind games are yeah, back. Yeah, I know. This one, we haven't had one like this no, for a we, long No, we haven't. Time. If they knew better, they would know that no mind out. game works the way you want it to. The Brady house the next day, Greg and Peter are coming down the stairs. The phone rings and Peter answers it. It's Sandra. Peter calls Greg and wants him to ask Sandra how he did with Linda. Greg <laughs> says not not unless she brings it up first. Yeah, good call. Sandra tells Greg that Phil is too much. <laughs> Linda hasn't stopped talking uh, talking about him. And Linda's listening and they're like holding the phone yeah. between them. And she rolls her eyes kind of. But Greg's falling for it because mm-hmm. he's a dumbass. Sandra says Linda wants a double date tonight. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Right, Although yes. she did, I swear she said Maybe it was a script night. mistake. Yeah. I don't know why I'm harping on I know, it. I don't either. <laughs> Greg says Phil may have another date, but Greg and Sandra can go out. And Peter doesn't like that. Peter's like listening in too. He doesn't like yeah, that. Yeah, no. Sandra says no, she can't leave Linda at home, and she really wants to see Greg again. So Greg's like, okay, they can meet in 20 minutes, which I thought was weird. Was yeah. Like, what time of day is it? I know. Sandra's like, well, what about Phil? And Greg says, well, he can get Phil. If he has a date, he can cancel it. And Peter's all excited. Yeah. And Greg seems like he can't believe yes. what's going on. Yes, which is probably a good instinct on his part. Yes, Greg. <laughs> After the girls hang up, Sandra tells Linda she wishes she had a camera for Greg's face when they were falling all over Phil. Mm-hmm. And both girls start laughing. Now, I feel like if if the script... Would have been better if they didn't say that, right. what they were going to do. But right. who am I to? We're at the Brady house, and Peter talks to Marsha in his Phil voice. Mm-hmm. And she asks him if he has a cold. <laughs> and he's like, no, just devastating child. <laughs> that just makes his face I out. know. I thought her the face she made was <laughs> funny. She rolls her eyes. In the bathroom, Peter's trying on a fake mustache, and Cindy and Jan keep banging on the door. <laughs> Peter puts the fake mustache away and opens the door and wants to know what's taking so long. <laughs> Peter says he was shaving and Jan says, what, your legs? <laughs> <laughs> In the boys' room, Peter tells Bobby he's going on a date with an older female. <laughs> older female what, says Bobby. <laughs> I have to say, this one was a pretty it funny. Was, it was funny. Peter chases him out of the room. And I remember this one from when I was little. I do, too. I always think it was funny. In the living room, the doorbell rings. Mike answers, and it's the Calderones. Mike greets them in Spanish. Mr. Calderon speaks English. His wife answers them in Spanish. Carol and Mike speak Spanish, but Mrs. Calderon speaks English to them and compliments them on their Spanish. Yeah. The Calderones were hoping to practice their English. Alice comes in with some food. Mike introduces her. They speak Spanish to her, but she doesn't speak well, Yeah, Yeah, I think they're surprised that the help is actually White. an American who doesn't speak Spanish <laughs> instead of, you know. Mike says he's made reservations, but they can eat wherever the couple wants. It's no trouble. Mrs. Calderon says they'd love to go out for pizza. Mike and Carol are not sure where the best pizza is. Mm-hmm. The three girls come in and tell them that Mary... Marionis. Marionis, was that what they called it? It was something like they that. They tell them that Marionis has the best pizza. That's where they always go. And I'm like, uh-oh. Mike introduces them to the girls. Mr. Calderon says they have the most charming daughters. Mrs. Calderon says, Juan says the children reflect their parents. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah. Carol Do you, says, have you ever noticed, like, people on a show from foreign countries always have these wise yeah. aphorisms? Yes, they do. Carol says they have three sons. Mike says they're out tonight. And I'm like, really? Where's Bobby? I, that's what I thought, too. 
What is he in the trunk or something? Mm -hmm. I have issues with their exterior shots. This is an exterior shot in an Italian restaurant. It says Nino's on the awning. Right. Um, it looks fancier than a pizza place. It yeah. looks like a sit-down. You know what it reminded me of? The one, the Roma in Portland yes. is what, because it, it looks like a townhouse with, it, it looks like it should be in, yeah. in some New England state. It doesn't look yeah. like, anyways. But I mean, it I wasn't know, what I was picturing. It's just like Mike's freaking office building with the books on it. I know, outside. I know. Greg, Peter, Linda, and Sandra are in a booth. <laughs> the girls are fawning all over Peter. He's telling them some football story. Greg is eating breadsticks. <laughs> says too bad it all. Greg says too bad it all happened in a dream. Yeah. And this is another um, scene where Barry Williams like facial expressions. Yeah, he's very and stuff. good. He's yeah. so fun. And Sandra tells Greg he's just jealous. Uh -huh. and both girls continue to fawn all over Peter. Meanwhile, the hostess brings Mike and Carol and the Calderons into the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Mrs. C says she wants pizza with the work. How you say the works? Yeah. It's like, come on. Right. Mike says, what's Spanish for heartburn? As they sit at a table in the center of the room. Yes. In the booth, <laughs> in the booth, Linda tells Phil he's fantastic. Sandra says she's never kissed a man with a mustache. Does it tickle? Linda says, you won't find out. He's with me. Sandra says, was with me. <laughs> And they're both like practically sitting in Peter's lap and they both have like their arms around him and are petting him like in a really <laughs> exaggerated way. And he way. says, there's enough of him to go around. Yeah. And Greg says, he doesn't want to get it and eats more. And Greg gets <laughs> At the table with Mike and Carol, Juan tells Mike he's going to make a decision this weekend about the preliminary plans. Mm -hmm. They all smile at each other, but Juan seems upset about something. He's looking at something and he's... Carol's, frowning. Carol asks him if everything's okay. He says, it's upsetting these children necking, as you say, mm -hmm. in public. The table of four turns, <laughs> table of four turns to look. Mike and Carol are horrified to see it's Peter. Yes. Greg glances over and sees his parents. He yells, <laughs> he yells, Pete, Phil. Peter sees them too and says, oh no. The look on Greg's face. It's like, <laughs> he's hanging off. But the, when Greg looks and sees, turns around in the booth and sees his parents, it, the look on his face, I just laughed and laughed. Okay, so funny. And I, and I have to say, I laughed out loud more yeah, times that, during this. This was my, one of my, I remember this. And also one you can get, I think the rest of the season on Hulu, people who are looking for these, and this one's on Hulu if you want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's, this, yeah, this yeah. one's on. And the, this was one of the ones I remember from when I was a kid and I remember laughing. Yes. This one and the one where Peter has, which is coming up. Like the whole the thing with the dates. mustache, I remember. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Sandra says, what's wrong? Greg says, only everything. He tells the girls, those are their parents, and they have a lot of explaining yes. to do. Sandra says, we have a lot of explaining to do to you. Which I'm glad everybody seemed yes. to have come clean, yes. you know. Back in the family room, Greg and Peter are there. Greg hopes they didn't ruin Dad's deal with Mr. Calderon. Mike and Carol come in and they're pissed. As if Mr. Calderon would cancel a business deal because his boys were behaving like goofballs. I know. They all say hi to each other. Mike says, luckily, they're still in business. Oh, thank God. Carol says the Calderones didn't approve of the X-rated behavior, but they admired the way they and the girls told the, the truth. The only thing X-rated about that was Pete's porn star mustache. I know. <laughs> I know. I thought that was funny. She called it X-rated. Yeah. They, were, they weren't like they were flashing their boobs at I him. know. Greg's, Even that wouldn't be X-rated. I, I mean, X-rated, you'd need like nudity PG and full intercourse. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> 
Greg says he's really sorry. Peter says he's learned three things. Actor, age, don't try to be someone you're not, mm-hmm. and find out what restaurant your mom <laughs> and dad are going to and go somewhere else. Yeah. Mike and Carol look like they're not amused, but then everyone starts laughing. Yes. And then the tag were in the girls' room. This is one of the fastest tags I've ever seen. Cindy wants to know, what is Jan doing in the bathroom? Marcia says she has a date with an older man and wants to look older. Mm-hmm. Cindy's like, how is she going to do that? And Jan opens the door of the bathroom and has the fake mustache, and they and all they laugh. laugh. <laughs> uh-huh. I felt like that tag, what, they couldn't think of a tag. So yeah, probably. So that's what they did. So this is one I remember well. Um, Barry Williams, in his book, Growing Up Brady, has an interesting thing to say about this episode that's kind of rates very high on the ew meter. I even wrote ew in the margin. margin. Right. I always looked forward to the episodes where Greg had dates in the hopes that I'd get to work with someone hot. However, I had a rival in Lloyd Schwartz who'd cast those parts beat me to the punch, and generally did most of the post-episode dating himself. Gross. So Lloyd Schwartz was going out with teenage girls. No, no. That's why they're probably older, because the girl that... Well, played... you said she was 18. No. Okay. Whatever. She was 20. The one that played Linda was 23. Okay. I was wrong. 22 or 23. She was a soap actress. Cindy Gaboni, I think her name was, or something Gaboni. Yeah. And she yeah, was in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And All My Children. She played Sybil on All My Children. That's how I remember her. Right. And the other woman was Cindy Crosby, and she's Kathy Lee Crosby, who used to be on That's Incredible she's the in the 80s. Of, she's a cinder. It's a cinder. She's a sister of it's Kathy Lee Crosby. Yes. So next is Getting Greg's Go. Yes. And this actually won an award <laughs> from the... American Humane Society for Animal Actors, the Patsy Award. Raquel the Goat took home the gold for best performance by a goat. And she I have to did say, do a pretty good job. She did a great job, but this whole episode bothered me yes, we because of the goat. Okay. We discuss. Okay, so the first scene, it's nighttime at the Brady house. Someone is sneaking in the front door, which we can tell is Greg from the groovy From the shoes. groovy clogs and bell bottoms. He turns on the lamp, and it's Greg. He says, come on, Raquel, everyone's asleep. There's nothing to worry about. Then he brings a, in a goat who's wearing a Coolidge High School blanket, mm-hmm. and he brings her up to his room. And as we know, Greg doesn't go to Coolidge. Yes, we do know that. Now, isn't she going to poop on everything? I could. That's all I could think about through the entire she starts, show, that and how I felt bad for the goat. Yes. She starts bleeding. Yes. As bleating, I don't bleeding, not bleeding. bleeding. Right. Uh, Greg tells her, if anyone finds her up here, he'll be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. So now we're in Greg's room. Raquel is eating his history report. Good for her. She doesn't seem to care. No. And maybe he needs to feed her. Yes. He says he's going downstairs to get her some food. So it's the mm-hmm. next morning. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, she's been up there pooping all over the right, floor. Right. Like in his Their bedroom. Poop is like little balls. I know. Is going to I many still feel bad days. for the goat. In the kitchen, <laughs> Alice is making flapjacks. Carol wants to know and why. And they look big and burned. Carol wants to know why Greg is up so early on a Saturday. And he says he needs to study plays for the game tonight. And he's bringing a bunch of food up to his room Mm -hmm. so he can study plays up there, apparently. Yes, he says that. Carol comments on the amount of food, and he does, he has like a bunch of pancakes and Yeah, and then he has an apple and a banana, and he takes some, there's something else, some cereal, he takes a bowl of cereal. And Mike comes in and also comments on the amount of food. Mm -hmm. And Greg says, well, I do have a game tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And Mike says he read that the Coolidge boys swipe Westdale's mascot, a bear cub. And I'm like, really? That's so they have like a bear abuse. cub. They, you know, that's why I said a bear cub. Thank they, you. They used to have stuff like that. I Remember know the they. Great Santini. Yes, but still. And also that reminded me of that Joe Exotic podcast. Yes, that's all I could think of. When I wasn't thinking about how bad I felt for the goat, yes, I was thinking of Joe Exotic. <laughs> Carol says, those pranks are so silly. Mike says in his day, they would have gone right out and swiped Coolidge's mascot. In fact, they did it, and he got suspended from school for a week. Carol says, ha ha, you deserved it. And Greg says, he was just getting even. And Mike says, oh, it wasn't worth getting suspended over, looking back. Carol says, kids today are too mature for that. And Greg agrees. Mm -hmm. Then he brings the food upstairs. Bobby's in the bathroom washing his face, but there are no towels. Ah. Peter says, it's wash day. Try the linen closet. And Bobby goes into a not yet ever seen yeah, I know. Before. I was just going to say, the first time we've ever seen this huge it's linen pot. And even though we've it's never seen... It's quite large. And it's like, why are the bedrooms so small? And even though we've never seen it before... It gets a huge amount of action yes, in the show. And did you notice, too, the hallway in this episode is much wider yes. than the hallway in the last episode was. I don't was. understand. But anyway. I don't. The geography the of the house, house just kind of morphs. Amazing. It's like a transformer. And it's like, you know what? If they didn't have this giant linen closet, maybe their rooms could maybe, be a bit yeah. Bobby goes in, and he just grabs a towel and starts drying his face while he's in there. And he hears Greg talking through a vent. Telling someone they sure do have an appetite. Yes. And uh, so now we switch up to Greg's room. <laughs> the vent, it kind of shows the vent. Bobby listening to yeah. shows the vent. In Greg's, Greg's room, it's by a the... clever way of showing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Raquel is eating some of the food. Greg takes it away and says she has to save some for lunch. He can't keep raiding the refrigerator. People will get suspicious, and the goat's probably just like, I don't care. Yeah, the goat doesn't care. She just wants goats to eat. Goats are pretty cute, even though they're kind I, of Yeah, weird. I think they're adorable. Back in the linen closet, Bobby is listening as Peter comes in. Peter says something, and Bobby shushes him and says, listen, you can hear everything. Peter says, it's an invasion of privacy, but he's still, of course, he's still yes. has to listen. Yeah, this is the kid with the tape recorder <laughs> and taping everything. And they stand on the stepladder and listen. And he, they hear Greg call her Raquel, and Bobby's like, he's with a girl. What should we do? And Peter's like, keep listening. Yeah. Ew. Jan and Cindy come in looking for a while. And it's like, why isn't Greg hearing That's... all this conversation? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's... Mm -hmm. Peter makes up some story about a science project. A snake is loose, and he's in the closet. And there's the snake on. So the girls, the girls of course, scream run out. And run out, which apparently Greg can't hear. Yeah, he's screaming. Yes, or maybe he can and just, and doesn't just care. thinks the kids are down there messing up. Yeah, we're back in Greg's room. He's play he's playing the guitar for Raquel. <laughs> yeah. Marsha bangs on his door and wants to know if he has anything to go to the cleaners. And Greg picks up Raquel who <laughs> keeps she's bleeding. Well, and I thought, why doesn't he just say no? I don't. Oh. Marsha you know? hears the bleeding. Another thing that we've never known, Greg has a half bath up there. Yeah, but it doesn't have a toilet. No, it doesn't. Just like the, the bathroom same. downstairs. <laughs> Greg decides he can trust Marsha, and he brings her up and shows her Raquel. Marsha wants to know why he brought the goat here, and he says it's the only safe place to keep her until after the game, which I really don't understand that, but whatever. Yeah. Marsha goes downstairs and runs into Alice, who is coming up to change Greg's sheets. Yeah, and like she disgusting. changes their sheets? That's her fucking job. Yeah. She's a fucking housekeeper. I don't know why you can't understand. She's guess, a housekeeper. She gets paid. I, I guess I don't fully I guess I don't like fully that. understand what housekeepers Jesus. do. But she's also a cook. And, yeah, she's um, a housekeeper. She does all sorts of shit. 
Okay. Marcia tells her that Greg is busy with a very hairy school <laughs> issue. Alice is oblivious to Marcia's joke. Yeah. Alice goes into the linen closet. She hears Greg talking to the goat, telling her to be a good girl. Mm-hmm. Mike is nearby and asks Alice if she's okay. Alice says she thinks she's hearing things. Mike hears Greg asking someone if they like their ears rubbed. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks around the closet and hears Greg telling someone named Raquel to take a little nap. Mike bangs on Greg's door, says he wants to see Greg in his in his den. I want to see you in my den. Mm-hmm. Greg says, give him a couple minutes. And Mike says, your couple of minutes were up a couple of minutes Oh, Mike's ago. pissed. In the den office. Mike wants to talk to Greg about Raquel. Mike says he respects Greg's privacy, but this is taking it too far. And, of course, now we have the classic conversation where the two people don't know what the other person has assumed they're talking about something else. Yes. And does this ever happen in real life? No, it doesn't. Mike thinks, yeah, Mike thinks Raquel's a girl. Greg thinks Mike knows. About the goat. Greg says he snuck her in last night. Mike says she's been here all night. (laughs) Greg says I never should have got mixed up with a beast like that. (laughs) Mike says that's a terrible thing to say about a girl no matter what she looks like (laughs) which again right come on greg says she's not a girl she's a goat and mike's happy as a goat and not a girl Mm -hmm. what if greg said i was having sex with a goat up there yeah that would be um they both laugh yeah now mike's mad about the goat though he's not too happy i wouldn't be too happy i'm sorry i like goats but when they're outside where they can pee and poop i know well i feel bad for the goat but then he's pleased about Greg stealing the goat. Yes. He says, wait till Carol finds out. And he says, you have to return the goat. And Mike agrees that he can keep her until after the game, but hopes Carol doesn't find out. Mm-hmm. And Mike, I have to say, he's wearing a brown and white shirt with a funky pattern and gray plaid pants. Yes. His yes, shirt is. is unbuttoned, mm-hmm. and he's wearing a gold chain. Yes. It's very disco-y. Yeah. He's on the phone to George. He's finishing the plans now. And he says, Carol has to go to an emergency PTA meeting. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of an emergency PTA Me meeting. Me neither. I've gone to like two PTA meetings and none of them have been emergencies. They've all been just like every other meeting I've ever been yes. to in my life. Boring and annoying. Yep. The mascot stealing has gotten out of hand. Now Westdale has stolen Coolidge's mascot. Mike feigns disbelief. Mm-hmm. Mike says the ladies... Are making too big a deal out of it. Mm, those silly the PTA women. Is just all ladies. Yep. Carol says it's not just the ladies. Mr. Binkley, the vice <laughs> principal, is up in arms, and he's given up his Saturday just to come to the meeting. Oh wow! Yeah. He's, a man has actually given up his free time to come. To so the now PTA. it is important. Oh, God, it is. Mike says, "Do they know who the guilty party is?" And he's acting pretty suspicious. Yeah. Carol says, "Not yet, but Mr. Binkley will make them examples." Mm-hmm. And Carol says, thank goodness our boys aren't mixed no. up in this. And Mike agrees, but he looks really scared. Yeah, yeah as he should. Meanwhile, in Greg's room, Raquel is eating more of his notebook. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Brady house are showing that weird side shot. Mike is in Greg's room cleaning up after the goat. I was and glad I'm like, to what see about somebody the poop? cleaning up. And also, did you I notice... I think he was cleaning up poop. And did you notice that there's like a piece of a big piece of lint or dirt or something yes, on the floor on that's the there for the entire yes. episode, including the tag? It looks like a stain tag. on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Although it makes me feel like they just put um, gross carpet up in Greg's Yes. Room. He fills Greg in on what's going on with Mr. Binkley and the vigilante posse. Mm-hmm. Mike thinks the Coolidge boys must be in the same predicament. Mm. And maybe Greg can work a swap out with them. Mike says, but you can't get caught. Greg tells Mike he has a fantastic criminal mind. 
it's so nice that they're bonding over this. Yes. Like, Mike is not judgmental at all. No, not at all. He's doing. proud of his son. Greg says he'll get in touch with the Coolidge guys and do a secret prisoner exchange. Mike says he has to drop off some plans, so he'll give Greg a ride. Greg tells Raquel to take it easy till he gets back. She bleats. And, and I thought point, that Raquel is a good actor. She is pretty good. <laughs> Greg's carpet is disgusting, and there are two different types of carpet on the floor. Yes. And I guess, well, like you know, I said, I guess it's realistic. Yeah. He's a teenage boy. Peter and Bobby sneak out of the room to go to the linen closet, where they immediately start listening at the vent. Mm-hmm. They hear Raquel walking around and think it's high heels. Then they think and it's well, I like the way Peter Peter goes, it's high heels, like women wear. And I'm like, do you really have to, like, people aren't going to know what high heels are if you just say. Raquel starts bleeding. And they're like, wow, she's a funny voice. And they finally realize it's yeah, not a person. Yeah, but it takes them a while. Well, you wouldn't expect a goat. you think they could smell it. Mm-hmm. With they all the poop on the floor. They sneak up to Greg's room to see what's up. And that's when I noticed he has wallpaper. Oh. They follow the rope, but it's chewed off. And and it's like, you can't just look. I know. Like, they're following the rope, like, pulling it. I like. know, it's not like a zippy. Um, they find Raquel in the half bath that yeah. has no toilet. Yep. Raquel <laughs> goes running off. She runs down the stairs past the three girls who and are coming through, up the stairs. And then it's like, right, the sliding glass door has no glass. Yes. Alice is mopping the floor, doesn't see her, and runs through the backyard and out the gate. All the kids are chasing her and screaming, which I'm sure is... Really helping to right. keep her from right. running away. <laughs> and then the front door opens and Carol comes in with three other women. are laughing uproariously. Yeah. And that woman with the red hair is She's like... Mrs. An... Kravitz. Yes. She was the second Mrs. Kravitz. Mm-hmm. I call her Mrs. On, Kravitz. For our listeners. Oh, on on um, Bewitched. Yes. There was a Mrs. Kravitz. The first one died and then mm-hmm. she took over. Right. She has like a high voice. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. I call her Mrs. Kravitz in this until I know her name. I mm-hmm. think it's Goldstein or something. Mm-hmm. She says, Carol has a lovely home. And Carol yells for Alice. Yes. Alice says hi to Mrs. Dingle. So mm-hmm. she apparently knows her, but not, not the others. They had to change the location of the PTA meeting because Mrs. Goldstein Goldstein or whatever, they were painting her house and she forgot. Mm. Alice says tea and cookies. Because that's the kind of thing you would forget, that your house Mm. is being painted. In the driveway, Greg and Mike pull in. The meeting with the Coolidge guys went great, and they just need to get the goat Mm -hmm. to the park to do the swap. Greg says it's lucky Carol is at the PTA meeting so they can get Raquel out. Mrs. Kravitz says the house is furnished so beautifully. Carol says she can give them a tour before Mr. Binkley gets there, and just as Mike and Greg come in the living room. Greg says, don't show them his room. Mike wants to show them the garage first, yeah. but he shows them the den instead, and they're in there for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. The doorbell rings. Well, it's because Greg is supposed to be getting to go. I know. The doorbell rings while uh, everybody's in the den, and it, it's Mr. Binkley. Right, Greg answers. And he has no sense of humor. No, he's a real dick. Greg brings him to the den. Meanwhile, I show the backyard. Raquel wanders back in. She goes through the still open sliding door and runs past Alice, who's pouring hot water for tea. Mm-hmm. And Alice ends up pouring water on the cookies. Yeah, it's funny. The people come out of the den as Greg and Mike see the goat going up the stairs. And I said, the goat's so like, smart. I know, she is smart. She knows how to get and back. And like Mike, so Mike like shoves everyone back in the <laughs> office. Carol wants to show them upstairs while Greg is up there looking for the goat. Mm-hmm. Mike wants to show them the kitchen. Because isn't that your 
like big, you know, yes. to Carol, and she's and like, "Well, that's why I'm saving it for last." I'm saving it for last. So Mike runs upstairs ahead mm-hmm. of everybody, and Greg is chasing Raquel through all the rooms and ends up in the linen closet. Mm-hmm. And Carol opens it and <laughs> sees Greg holding the goat, which and, it was funny. Yeah, I laughed and at she that. Slams the door, but I still feel bad for the goat the way Greg keeps like picking it up and lugging it, trying to like half drag. Doesn't mind it. How do you know? They heard everybody into the master bedroom. (laughs) Greg tries to get Raquel to go downstairs, but runs into Alice, Mm -hmm. who's coming up the stairs with a mop and bucket. Why? I don't know when there's people in the house, and she's supposed to be making tea. I know. Um, Raquel gets away and runs into the master bedroom. Mm -hmm. Mr. Binkley is annoyed. And everyone is upset. Mrs. Gould, that's the name of yes. AKA Kravitz, gets stuck in the closet with the <laughs> with goat. The goat. <laughs> that made which me apparently laugh. was very traumatic <laughs> for her. Um, Mr. Binkley hopes Greg has a good explanation. Well, you know. well, I think there's only one explanation, yeah. you know. And now we're on the front steps. The ladies are leaving. Mr. Binkley comes out with Greg, Mike, and Carol. Mr. Binkley thanks Mike for doing the mascot exchange. And tells Greg he has to write a 5,000-word essay on the evils of mascot stealing. And I wrote, how about animal abuse? Yeah. That's what I'd like to see the essay about. Yeah, me about. too. Greg runs in to find the goat to do the exchange. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, is she still, like, wandering around the house, mm-hmm. pooping and eating things? Yeah. Mike says, times have changed. I did the same thing and got suspended for a week. Mr. Binkley laughs and says he got suspended for a month. <laughs> they all laugh as the two men shake hands. Oh, it's so funny. Yes. Now so the tag. Funny. Alice and Carol are in Greg's room vacuuming the disgusting carpet. Except for that. Whatever that is on yeah. the floor. Carol is spraying. I know. I noticed that too. Carol is spraying air freshener. And she says, ghosts may be easy on the eyes, but they sure are hard on the nose. And who said they're easy on the eyes? Yeah, no shit. Alice says it's good Raquel has gone back to where she belongs. Greg comes out of the half bath and says yes, but the memory lingers on, and he holds up a pair of jeans with the butt chewed out. Yeah. And Which he, is quite fitting since Greg got his butt chewed out by Mr. Vinkley. And here's an interesting factoid. Robert Reed directed this. It was the third episode he directed. And Barry Williams says he did a pretty good job tackling the frantically farcical tale on film. And Barry Williams says, the only thing I can't figure out is how come he let himself wear a plaid Kiana shirt and mismatched plaid yes. bell bottoms throughout the show. Yes. He goes, I mean, that was unfashionably ugly, even by 70s standards. And yes, it was. And, See, I noticed it But too. maybe he was so busy directing, he didn't realize how ugly yeah, he was. Yeah, but don't they have, like, people that pick up I don't clothes? know. I don't know. I can't think of the word. And Lloyd says... During his senior year at UCLA, he had managed to disrupt the big UCLA-USC football game by sneaking into the USC marching band and ruining the halftime show. So school pranks were not outside his area of expertise. No, I bet they weren't. And so this episode was exactly his kind of thing. Then he, he also mentions that they won their only ever award, the Patsy Award from the American Humane Society for Animal Actors. And by the way, you mentioned that um, Sandra Gould, who played Mrs. Gould, was Mrs. Kravitz on Bewitched. Yeah. She also was Mildred Webster on I Married Joan, where Sherwood Schwartz had been a writer. Ah. 
so they knew each other and she is yes right wife. so that's all the exciting things about that's that and so i exciting. did feel uh, it just bothered the whole i didn't feel the goat was comfortable even though it did a good acting job i didn't like the <laughs> idea that the goat was in the house not because of the house i felt the goat needed to be where the goat was comfortable and have places to poop and goat food to eat and i felt sorry for it yeah and so it's funny because I remember they. I think on TV they played the later um, seasons more than the than the first season, because I remember a lot of these more. See, it's funny. I remember some of the earlier ones more, I and these ones them, I feel like I only saw the first time mm. they were on. But I was twelve, so I probably had other things going yeah, on. I'm sure you by did. Then. I used to watch them after school all the time. Yeah. So the next episode, season seven, Marsha gets cream. Yeah. So this starts in the driveway. Greg pulls into the driveway in the convertible. Mm -hmm. He stops and shines the hood with his sleeves. Then he get, like he grabs a rag from the garage and starts buffing. Yeah, there the must car. be a blemish on it or something. Peter rides in on a bicycle that's way too small for yeah, him. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. Greg says, "Struck out again, huh?" And Pete says he's going to be as old as Greg by the time he gets a job. Well, he's basically unemployable. I know. You know? Greg says Pete should be a brain surgeon. They make lots of loot. And Peter does not see the humor in that. No, is And Greg says something will come up soon, and Peter says he hopes so. He needs a stereo tape deck with four speakers right now. Marsha runs up, and she says they'll never guess what just happened. She was on her way back from the library, and Mr. Haskell of Haskell's Ice Cream Hut was putting a Help Wanted sign in the window, and Pete looks excited. And he says, wow, thanks, Marsha. I'm going to get right down there. And Marsha says it's too late. The job is already taken. Mm -hmm. Peter's like, who? By who? And Marsha's like, by me. And Pete looks despondent. Greg goes back to buffing the car. He doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. And Marsha says, well, isn't anyone going to congratulate me? Greg says he will, but don't count on Peter. Yeah. And Marsh, Marsh I think the like, message yeah. is that a man is more deserving of the one open job of than a woman is. Peter says he's been looking for a job all week. And Marsha says, sorry, I guess I was just mm -hmm. in the right place at the right time. She mm -hmm. runs to the house to tell Jan, who mm -hmm. I'm sure will be excited because Jan has no life. Mm -hmm. Peter's like, it's no fair. I've been working to find a job all week and one just falls into Marsha's lap. And Greg doesn't really seem to give a shit. No. He doesn't. He's, he's got more importance. Yeah, he's buffing the car. In the girls' room, Bobby is polishing Cindy's I thought they were Cindy's shoes. Which reminds me of Dad and our brother's shining. Yes. Remember Dad had that shoe shine yes, kit? Shine shoes um, yeah. Marcia comes in, and it turns out they're her shoes. And they're polishing them to show her how much they appreciate her. Mm -hmm. She figures out they know where her new job. They claim not to know until she says she's working in a hardware store. And then they fess up and say they hope they can get free ice cream. Which, every time someone has a job, people try to get free shit I know. on this show. I know. In the kitchen, Alice and Carol are making dinner. Carol's putting biscuits on a plate, and Alice gives her this weird look. Mm -hmm. And then Alice complains that she's going to turn into a rabbit with all the lettuce and carrots mm -hmm. she's been eating. Mike comes in and says, willpower is all in the head. Yeah. Alice says she's off target, and she slaps herself on the hip. And Mike's buttering a roll and says, it's easy for him because he hasn't gained an ounce since college. Carol scoffs, and... Mike is freaking skinny as hell. He is. Yeah. He has no butt. Carol wants to know how long it's been since Mike weighed himself. And he says, uh, well, it's been a while. All right. But he doesn't have to weigh himself because he's, he's thin. Well, it... no, but he said, I can just feel it. I don't yeah. have to weigh myself. Carol tells Alice to get the scab. Mm -hmm. And Alice says, I have one right here. 
Mike is like, who keeps the scale in the kitchen, which I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And Al says she does. because well, she's dieting. Every time she's tempted to cheat on her diet, she weighs herself. Which is not a bad That's idea. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. I thought that too. Mm-hmm. Then she cheats anyway. I can yeah. relate to that. I do that too. And Carol says Mike is a chicken. And to get on the scale, Alice says, don't talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is stunned when he gets on the scale. Carol says, you haven't gained an ounce. You've gained seven pounds. And, it's like, and I'm like, fucking and, deal. and I'm like, he only weighs seven pounds more than he weighed in college. Cause I literally weigh 70 pounds more than I weighed in college. Yeah, so good too. for Mike. No, I think it's not that much, but almost. Well, Mike with me says, it is. what about his clothes? And Carol says, okay, if your clothes weigh four pounds and you've gained three. And Mike's like, what's three pounds? I can use it, lose it like that. And he snaps his fingers. Mm-hmm. I go up three pounds in a day. Yeah, me too. Down. Up and down. Alice says, oh, if I could lose it like that, I'd be a Spanish dancer. And she snaps both her fingers. Mm-hmm. She's like dancing. Must on. be that Mexican food from the last episode. <laughs> Carol says, why don't you show us your willpower? And Alice says, it would be so much easier if both of us were on a diet together mm-hmm. to Mike, which I feel bad for. But maybe she and Sam should diet Well, together. also eating celery and carrots is, I know, I know, it's the seven, yes, I know. Yeah. Mike's like, what about dinner? The pot roast, the buttered noodles. Carol says, have a bag of diet and gives him this bag of lettuce. And also, and pot roast is okay. Yeah. You know, but he names like 15 carb things with fat mm, yeah. aside from the. I told you, 73. Yes. Front doorbell rings. Marsha answers. It's a boy with big hair. I know. It almost looks like a wig. She seems happy to see him. He played Shazam. He was Shazam. I know. I know. I know he looked familiar, but he was kind of a loser. I thought he was kind of a loser. On Saturday mornings, he used to be on. It was after this. It was 74. I looked him up. Yeah. And he would turn into some pop And maybe his acting got better. No, it did not. (laughs) She seems happy to see him and invites him in, but he can't stay. He can only talk for a minute, so they go outside. And he wants to know if she, she wants him to pick her up tomorrow, or should they meet at the tennis court? And she says, sorry, she has to break the day. She's starting a new job tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I already reserved the court. And it's like, she has to fucking work. And she's like, well, up. business before pleasure. And he seems to take it okay. Yeah. She tells him she can meet him for games some night because she gets off at six. And he says, great, and leaves. And Marcia smiles like she thinks he's cute. But I never he's liked a, that actor. I can't no, remember I his name. I don't like his hair. I don't think he did much later in life, yeah, but he was like a teen idol. It, well, he, I, he was all looks and no acting. His name is Michael Gray. He's, he, I guess he's considered attractive and he has hair that looks like it's way too much work. He's got a lot kind of, of hair. feathered. He's got very big. So the next scene is the side view, that side view. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they show that. I don't know. It's freshen things up, I guess. That has no backyard. It's garage under the port. It doesn't make any sense. Mike is coming into the kitchen. He says he's famished. He didn't like just having that bag of veggies for dinner. And Carol no, well, says, who would? Alice, Mr. Brady is famished, and Alice brings him some dry toast and coffee, a 70s diet. Is mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. He says that's not enough to keep a hummingbird alive, and Carol says if the hummingbird has willpower, and Mike's not allowed to add cream to his coffee and no jam, everything's mm-hmm. a no-no. Mike says, is anything a yes, yes, or a maybe, maybe? <laughs> 
Carol gives him a bag lunch of an apple, two crackers, and a piece of cheese. Mm -hmm. He says, since when do I take lunch to work? And she says, since you stepped on that scale. It's very annoying to me, this whole story. Well, I think she Carol's just trying to make a point with I him know. since he was being so smug. He was being smug. Yeah. Alice says, it's a full ounce of cheese. Mm -hmm. Mike says, how did I get into this? And Carol says, you and your big fat willpower. Mm -hmm. And she and Alice smirk at him as he eats the toast. Yeah. Okay, now we have an outside. This is another, uh, the person who who scouted for places to do outside Well, maybe shops. they didn't really scout. Maybe they Seriously. just used stock footage. It's a much larger place than it seems on the inside. And the sign says, ice cream, lunches, coffee shop, and the name is Cherry Something. So then interior is a very small little ice cream yes. place. And it would have to be since there's only one employee. Yes. Marcia is scooping ice cream and thanking a customer. Her boss hovers behind her. Mm -hmm. And the customers are Alice, Cindy, and Bobby. Bobby says, we can get cones this big any place in town. And her boss is, like, right behind her. I know. It's like, like practically the room, against kid. her. Yeah. Marcia says, you only paid for single scoops. Mm -hmm. Cindy says, but we're relatives. And Mr. Haskell says, Marcia, look at those skimpy cones. That's no and way Mr. Haskell is, is like he belongs, like, in Brooklyn or something. Well, maybe he retired to California. Yeah, that could be. He well, he's not retired, is he? No, that's true. He takes the cones and adds ice cream to them. Yeah. And Bobby and Cindy smirk at Marsha. Uh, Marsha looks annoyed, which I don't blame her because right. like, her boss is right He's there. undermining her. He yeah. gives Alice a free Sunday and flirts with her. Alice doesn't want it because she's dieting. And he keeps pushing and pushing and pushing it on her until she has to take it. And I hate that when you're dieting or whatever. No, and she people... doesn't take it. She lives. She oh, says she she's going to go outside. That's he right. eats it. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't want something with pine and pineapple. Yeah, he put too much weird crap on that. I'd want. Um, he made it just for her, though. Sauce. It was very aggressive the way he was. was trying to make her take that Sunday. Jeff, or as I call him, Shazam. <laughs> Jeff hopes Marsha is ready to go on their tennis date tonight. She says she can't. She has to write a book report. Mm -hmm. Jeff is like, you don't have any time for me anymore. Marsha's <sighs> like, she doesn't seem too concerned What a loser. It. Yeah, I don't blame her. She's like, maybe once I get my schedule straightened out. Yeah, Jeff good looks for her. peeved and he leaves. Yeah. Now we're in the family room. Greg asks Peter how job hunting is going. Peter says not good. He's devoted nine years of his life to school and is only qualified to fill out job applications. Mm -hmm. Join the club. Yeah, no shit. We're, so we're back in the ice cream shop. Mr. Haskell's talking about the broom not working so great. Marcia says, you're here all the time. You need to slow down. And and this is when we kind of find out that, Mr. aside from Marcia, there are no other employees, no. No. which is disturbing well, to me. He closes at 6. He probably doesn't open until like 10 in the morning. Yeah, I guess so. But, but she has school. So is what? He just working yeah, there during the day? Yeah, just there. So. Mm -hmm, whatever. I don't think it's that. He says, Marsha, in the ice cream business, when you slow down, you melt. But then he reconsiders her idea and says maybe he does need to take afternoons off. Mm -hmm. Marsha thinks it's a good idea. He says he'll need to hire someone, but where will he find someone mm -hmm. as good as her? Where? Hmm. She says she knows someone a lot like herself. I, which stuns me given the whole bike shop thing I that know. wasn't too long ago. I know. He needs a job. He, she says it's her brother, and he says... If he's her brother, must be good. Mm -hmm. He decides effective immediately. She's in charge of the afternoon shift. He's going to take the afternoon off. So mm -hmm. I guess Peter. Yeah, well, that's a quick hiring. Anyways, Marsha grabs. There's a phone. The phone's pink. Did you notice mm -hmm. that? 
Outside shot of the shop again, which bugs me. Peter is making, then they show the inside. Peter's making a huge cone for himself and dripping ice cream everywhere. Marsha's sweeping. And Peter tells her, she's a great sister. Now we can get that stereotype done. Mm -hmm. Marsha says, aren't you going to finish wiping the counter? And Peter's like, right after I take an ice cream bake. And Marsha looks pissed. Can't really blame her. But then Peter's sweeping the floor and he stops and sweeps the dirt under like the table legs. Yeah. <laughs> Marsha comes over and says, what do you think you're doing? He says, who looks under tables? And she's like, I do. And then she ends up, he sits down and she ends up sweeping, which is annoying. Yeah. And Marsha's cleaning again while Peter's on the phone to Kevin. Marsha tells him to stop goofing off and she hangs up the phone. She tells him to help her clean the shelves. And he says, after one more call. I remember watching this as a kid, and I was very annoyed by Peter. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I didn't act like Peter, but, like, one of my first jobs, Liz was working at Deering Ice Cream, and, of course, she was the good little Miss Perfect Employee, and then I applied for there to work there. I had been working at Sous Chalet as a chambermaid. Liz vouched for me, and, of course, I wasn't the same as Liz, and I wasn't like Peter in this, but I just, I didn't really enjoy it that much, and I wasn't... You know, just like in school, she was always getting A's and mm. teachers loved her and stuff, and it was different for me. Marsha hands a customer an ice cream and rings up the register. Peter is sitting at a table listening to a football game on the ra <laughs> radio, and there are other customers. Marsha walks over and shuts the radio off. Peter says, there's two minutes to go, and the team is on the one-yard line. Marsha says, Peter Brady, you're fired. Peter is incredulous, and Marsha stalks off. Well, and good for her. We're in the Brady house in the bathroom. Peter's telling Bobby out of the blue for no reason. Marsha fired him. Bobby says, it's a rotten thing to do to your own brother. Peter says, that's, that's what you get when you give small people power. They can't handle it. <laughs> He's right about that. Marsha pounds on the door and wants to use the bathroom. Bobby calls her a dictator. Marsha mm -hmm. tells Peter he brainwashed Bobby. Peter says it's true. Marsha fired him because she can't handle power. She says she fired him because he's lazy and he deserved it. He says she's a company stooge. <laughs> and then they go into the girls' room, and he calls her the Kara Captain Bly dictator. Mm -hmm. and she calls him a capital G goof-off. And Carol comes in and wants him to cool it. Yeah. I was like, at least he knows who Captain Bly is. Peter says Marsha gave him a raw deal, and Carol says, oh, so you did everything you were supposed to do? And Peter says, yes, and Marsha gives him a look, and yeah. he says, well, I would have as soon as I got around to it, and then he says, sooner or later. And she, yeah, she gives him another look, and then he says, sooner or later, like, she's glaring at him, and so he amends his story and then they both just stare at him and he's like oh so i'm not perfect mm -hmm. and then carol makes peter admit he took advantage of the fact that marcia is related she asks him what what would he have done in marcia's place and he admits he would have done the same thing and mm -hmm. they apologize and shake and he goes towards the bathroom he says he put in three days of work he wonders if he can get unemployment insurance mm -hmm. and marcia and carol laugh at him oh he's so funny marcia's in the living room on the couch talking to shazam on the phone he wants to go to a rock concert at the park Saturday. Marcia he's says, such a loser. <laughs> Marcia says she can't go. She has to work. Sunday she can't get together because she has to catch up on the homework and wash her hair. Says, <laughs> See, to me that sounds like she's just not that interested in him. If washing her hair isn't, yeah, I mean, how long does it take to wash I, her hair? I don't know. It's the 70s. Jeff says he gets the message. And he says, see you around. And Marsha really doesn't look really that No. Upset. So we're at the ice cream place. Marsha tells Mr. Haskell she's sorry Peter didn't work out, but wonders if he might take a chance on another Brady, a sister. 
He says, the little one that I saw in here? And she's like, no, the, oh, she's older. He says, well, they say it's a woman's world now. And Marcia says, we women won't let you down. And later, Jana's mopping the floor while Marcia and Mr. Haskell watch her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Haskell says, Jana's a hard worker. He's going to go play golf. And Marcia says, enjoy yourself. He leaves and Jan says, what else can she do? She's already memorized all 29 flavors. Uh-huh. Marcia says, have some ice cream. And Jan says, she came to work, not eat. Yeah, good for Jan. Marcia's like, your name sure isn't Peter. And then we see Jan giving a customer ice cream. And it was the same guy who was there before. There was a guy there before. Maybe he likes the help. I know, he's gross. Yeah. And then she's also making shakes at the same time. Yeah, she's very And Mr. Haskell's like hanging around. And he tells yeah. Marcia, she really picked a winner this time. And Marcia says, Jan is fantastic. Yeah. Now we're back to the subplot. Alice is on the scale in the kitchen, and Alice has lost four pounds. Really good for her. Mike gets on the scale. He's gained three. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably because he's... Alice, he's sneaking Carol says, oh, yeah, no secret eating, huh? Mike says, not a calorie. And he tells Alice, your scale is out of kilter. Carol is trying to step on, as she has her foot on the scale while Mike's standing there. Yeah. And then Mike tries to put her on the scale, but she doesn't. And they're all laughing. Now we're back at the ice cream, and it's very busy in the ice cream. And Mark- I think the cute young help is an yes. attraction, except for it's not all gross old men. It's it's just people. families and it's people. Probably, it's probably the Saturday of the road, yeah. you know. Um, Marcia goes to wait on a table, and it's, it's Jeff Shazam and a date. He wants two lovers delight. What an asshole. He puts his arm around his date and tells her to hurry. They're going to a drive-in movie, and Marcia's pissed. She gives the order to Jan, and Jan says, the nerve of him. And Marcia's mad while Jan laughs. Jan, yes. Jan thinks it's funny. I don't know. Marcia brings them Sundays and then accidentally sprays them. Accidentally on purpose. Cream. Yes, she sprays them all with it. It, it was no accident. And then they leave, and Marcia sits down to eat the Sunday. Yes. She says she's done with boys. She's going to devote herself to her career. She will eventually be Mr. Haskell's partner. Mr. Haskell comes in just then. He sits down with the girls. He says he tried to relax and play golf, but it's just not working. And he says working afternoons is his best relaxation. Jan says that means you won't need one of us. He says that's right, and Marcia looks concerned for Jan. Mm-hmm. And she says, tough break. And Mr. Haskell says, Marsha's a very good worker and a boss has to take care of his best workers. And Jan looks pissed. Yeah. Marsha says, right, right. And he says, Marsha's good, but Jan's better. So he's I, See, I still Jan. think he needs two people because somebody has to have a day off sometimes and stuff. I you know, know, why can't they split the job? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. We're in the family room. Jan is trying to talk to Marsha. And Marsha says, don't talk to me, you job stealer. Mm-hmm. And Jan says, it's not my fault. And Mike and Carol are sitting with them. Got nothing better to do, apparently. Marsha says, she got Jan the job, and Jan sold her out for 29 flavors. Mmm. Jan says no job is worth this, and she resigns. Now maybe Marcia can get her old job back. And Marcia says, would you resign, really? And Jan says, yes. And Mike asks Jan if she's sure, and she says, yeah, she is. Which is good. I mean, it was, she, yeah. she just like, it's not worth it. Phone rings, and Carol goes to pick it up. It's Jeff from mm-hmm. Marcia. She starts off, Marcia starts off by yelling at him. It's all lovey-dovey when Jeff tells her he just dated the other girl to get even. And Marcia says she squirted him with whipped cream to get even, too. And then she giggles. (laughs) 
and then make a date for every afternoon next week. Jan says, you'll be working. Marcia says, no, you will. I just retired. And Jan just scoffs and laughs. Uh-huh. Now that she has a man, she doesn't need a Jan job. Jan should, like, flaunt all the money she makes in yeah, Marcia's no face. Shit. Peter comes in with a pizza. He's mm-hmm. got a job at the Leaning Tower of Pizza, mm-hmm. and it's better than the ice cream hut. They only had 29 flavors, but the Leaning Tower has 32 flavors. He hopes he can keep his job long enough to eat through all of them. They all start eating pizza, so I guess Mike's not on a diet anymore. No. But did you notice when they open the pizza box, there's not a whole pizza in there. There's just like two big slices, (laughs) and they're kind of overlapping. The tag is it's nighttime. Uh, Alice sneaks into the kitchen. She opens the fridge, and there's a sign that says, look behind you, and Mike and Carol are standing there. Carol says, ah, 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 and Alice pretends to sleepwalk back to her See, room. See, I found that very I found offensive. It disturbing. Yeah. I thought that Who was Who made disturbing. them the, the oh, diet shit. police? And even when you're dieting, you can have a snack or something. You know, that's why I don't tell people about the, no being, shit. like, if I'm trying to watch my weight. I know. Because then they start giving on Judging you. It's just like when I used to smoke. I never told people that I was trying to quit if yeah. I was trying to quit. Because then anytime they see you, they start right. giving you shit. By the way, the guy who played Mr. Haskell was after Alan Reed um, retired as Fred Flintstone. He was the voice of Fred Flintstone. Oh, yes. He also played Barbara Eden's father on I Dream of Jeannie. Oh, okay, he, that's what I know He I'm was from. Alejandro Ray's Uncle Antonio on The Flying Nun. So all of you watch TV in the 60s. Yeah, he look familiar. He and he was Mr. Babbitt, the boy's landlord on The Monkees. Oh, yeah. And the one who plays Jeff State, the girl who plays Jeff State, Kimberly Beck, besides getting her start at age two in the Glenn Ford film Torpedo Run, she was deaf-mute child Kim Schuster on Peyton Place. Interesting. And was also on Lucas Tanner. I remember remember Lucas Tanner. And um, Rich Man, Poor Man, book two. And she was also in the daytime soap opera Capital. Oh, I used to watch Capital. Kind of around. Interesting. So that I'll was. Have to look at her and see but, what she. But was, overall, she I guess this was an okay episode. But I remember it. I the whole dieting subplot bugged me. I don't like the dieting subplot, yeah. and Peter bugged me really bad. And somebody needs to tell him. I mean, they kind of. I mean, he got fired, but it doesn't it seem like yeah. So the last one we are doing today is my brother's yes, keeper. Yes, this is a eight. classic. And this is a hearkening back to some of the older t- style plots that are yes. ridiculous. So we start with Peter is like lying on the ground and he's digging. He's, a, he's apparently he's supposed to be gardening. Or, yeah, but he's just kind of dumping the dirt he's out onto the, on the astroturf. Greg is up right above him on a ladder doing a really bad job of painting some shutters dark green. A horrible color green. Right. Peter asks Greg if he wants to trade jobs, and Greg tells Peter to stick with his green thumb, and Greg will stick with green paint. Uh-huh. I can't. I couldn't figure out what Peter was supposed to be doing. I think he was supposed to be gardening, he but he obviously flowers. wasn't into it because he was just dumping the dirt yeah. onto the. Alice calls out the window that Greg has a phone call. He said, who is it? And she says, the name is Joe, but the voice is a soprano. Greg says he'll take it upstairs, and he climbs through the Cause window. Because it's Joanne. Yeah. Bobby comes out of the house with a bunch of newspapers and a pail of trash, I think. Peter's talking to the plants. Mm-hmm. He says it makes them grow better. And he's sitting right right under the ladder. Yeah, bad luck, obviously. Peter grabs the hose to water the flowers, but it's wrapped around the ladder. 
Mm-hmm. The ladder starts to fall, and Bobby shoves Peter out of the way, and the can of paint covers Bobby's and head. And the thing is, Bobby shoves Peter out of the way and then just stands there, and he has plenty of time to get out of the way, and he doesn't. The flower pots are crushed by the ladder. Peter says, those pots could have been my head. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Bobby's covered with paint. He tells Bobby that Bobby saved his life. Bobby says, forget it. Forget about it. Peter says, no. Somehow, someway, he's going to pay Bobby back. Bobby doesn't care. He's like dripping with green paint. He's like, "I whatever. Alice comes running out and wants to know what happened. And Mike comes out and asks Bobby if he's okay. And Peter tells Mike that Bobby risked his own life to save his and he'll never forget it. Mike and Alice are unimpressed by what happened. Mm -hmm. They're just like, yeah. Mike's like, I'm going to hose Bobby down, and Alice says she'll go run a bath. Mm -hmm. Mike tells Peter to go to his room, which is kind of weird. And there was a kind of Robert Reed moment there. Before he started hosing Bobby Bobby down, he checked the paint can and said, good, it's (laughs) water-based. The station wagon pulls up, and Carol and the girls get out. And Marcia says, it looks like Greg painted Bobby into the shadows. Cindy calls him the Jolly Green Midget. And Jan says he looks like a leprechaun with a skin condition, which they're not very sympathetic. No, they aren't. And nobody's listening to Peter when he keeps saying that Bobby saved his life. Carol looks concerned. And Mike seems pissed at Bobby for being under the paint. I felt bad for Mike looking and having to get sprayed. But, like, Mike keeps seeing, like, he seems really angry at Bobby. Yeah. It's like, is it Bobby's fault? I know. That paint fell on him? I know. They were doing a lot of careless things. Carol mm-hmm. wants to get Bobby into a hot bath, and Bobby says, if being a hero means taking extra baths, forget it. Peter's at his desk in the, the boys' room, and Carol comes in and asks if he's doing homework. He says, no, he's writing his will. He tells Carol he's leaving all his earthly possessions to Bobby for saving his life. Carol thinks it's weird, uh, but she doesn't seem to really take it seriously. And she goes into the bathroom where Bobby is still in the tub. And she tells him it's almost time for dinner, and Alice has fixed the heroes something special. Mm-hmm. At the dinner table, they're talking about wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Cindy wants flowered wallpaper for the bedroom. Mm. Jan- <laughs> well, I'm kind of remembering when Mike and Carol papered. Yes, I know. Mm. Jan says, when it comes to interior decorating, Cindy makes a good lumberjack. And Hannah thought that was funny. Hannah yeah, was watching yeah. this one with me. Mm. Jan likes stripes. So she's obviously gay. Marcia says they're both lumberjacks. She read some book that said earth colors are very restful. Mm-hmm. And Greg says, if you're getting buried... And then the girls start fighting, and Mike tells them to shut the fuck up. He says he said he would wallpaper their room, but they have to pick one pattern. And Peter says they're wa- <laughs> Peter says they're wasting precious time arguing about <laughs> insignificant <laughs> things. I think Peter's a little simple-minded. He goes on about how people need to consider how precious life is. Greg says, "Yeah, without life, you're dead." Yeah. And then he laughs uproariously, yeah. and everyone else laughs too, except for Peter. And Carol asks Peter if he thinks he might be taking his uh, near-miss a bit too seriously. And he says she doesn't know how it feels to be snatched from the jaws of doom and be given a new chance of life. Yeah. And Carol and Mike just look at each other like, oh, my God. Yeah. And Bobby comes down. He says he's sorry he's late. And Peter fawns over him. Yeah. And Alice brings out Hungarian gulag. Which looks just like the Huevos Rancheros. <laughs> Oh, two episodes. She calls it an all-American dinner, and Cindy wants to know, since when is Hungarian goulash American? And Alice says, since Zsa Zsa Gabor became a citizen. Ah. 
Peter wants to propose a toast to Bobby, the bravest person in the mm-hmm. world. Bobby protests, but Peter says he's making a solemn promise to live up to the life that Bobby gave him, and he will be Bobby's slave for life. He says, you don't have to go that far. And Bobby says, well, if that's what he wants. And that's what the whole this whole episode is. Bobby's saying, no, no. And then Peter insisting, and Bobby's like, okay. Yeah. In the boys' room, Bobby's lying on the floor, shining his shoes by holding his foot in the air. Mm. And Peter comes in and insists on doing it for him, and he says he'll do it every day. And he says if it weren't for Bobby, instead of shoes, he'd be polishing his harp at the pearly gate. <laughs> and Peter's whistling. Bobby's reading a comic book, and he gives Peter a dirty look. Which I don't blame him. Yeah, I know. I hate whistling. Peter apologizes and stops. Then Bobby tries to make the radio work, but it's just static. Peter says he'll fix it. Someone knocks on the door, and it's Cindy. He says Barb is on the phone. Her party started half an hour ago, and where's Peter? Peter says tell her he can't make it. Something much more important came up. Cindy says, okay, but she'll be mad. Bobby says, Peter, you shouldn't miss a party because of him. And Peter says, how can he enjoy a party knowing Bobby's at home with a bad case of static? And Bobby shrugs and accepts it. <laughs> Are you... No, I'm... I know, but you're just like... Uh, comes well, in. I want to say that one. this episode is one of those ones where you know exactly what's going to happen. And you're kind of just waiting I know, for I it to go through its perambulations. It's very similar to all the, yes. the similar ones that they've done in the past. Right. So one of the girls who Mike comes in, the girls have decided on a wallpaper, white with a yellow flower pattern. It's really ugly. I was like, it could be worse, though. Yeah, yeah. They flipped a coin to choose it. Mm-hmm. Mike says, tomorrow he'll round up the boys to do it. And, and I'm, I'm like, like, so the boys yeah, have like, to paper the girls and, Yeah, which they apparently end up doing later in the show. Marcia but. says, Peter won't help. He's too busy being Bobby's slave. And Jan says he's working himself to death. In the yard, Peter is making some kind of engine. And he tells Bobby he's making it just for him. And Bobby's like, you don't have to. And Peter's like, no, I insist. So Bobby's in the family room. Carol's in the kitchen. The phone rings. Carol asks Bobby to get it. It's Steve. And Bobby says he can't make it to the ball game. He has some chores to do. And Peter comes in and smashed his thumb with a hammer. And Bobby mentions... And Peter, Peter seems to blame Bobby. It's like the whole slave for life thing yeah. starts crumbling. Oh here. yeah, Peter's starting to dig it a little mm-hmm. resentful. Mm-hmm. And Bobby's like, I needed to ask you a favor, and he's hemming and hawing. And Peter mm-hmm. is like, Just tell me what do you want right. me to do. Just tell me. And Bobby lists all the things Peter has done for him. Carol is. And one of the things I must have heard it wrong sounds like he said, "Peen in my closet." <laughs> you when he lists that. all the things. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't play it back to see what it really was, but it, but it sounded um, like when he lists all the he things. He didn't say peeing in my closet. I can't remember what he okay. said. Okay. Well, something that sounded an awful lot like that. I'm just saying. Um, I don't know. But Carol's listening in, and uh, Peter forces Bobby to tell him what he wants him to do for a favor. And Bobby's like, oh, it wouldn't be fair to ask you to... Now Bobby's a master hedges, manipulator. <laughs> even though Bobby did save Peter's life. And Carol looks pissed. Mm-hmm. Peter says, I said I'd do it. Uh, I'm going to miss a date with Barbara. I already missed her party because of you. And Bobby's like, I understand. Just because I saved your life. And Peter says, he'll do it. Okay, he'll clip the hedges. And Carol tells him to go soak his thumb. Bobby gets back on the phone and tells Steve he'll see him at the park. As Bobby's leaving... Carol's like, don't you think you're overdoing it? And Bobby's like, well, Peter's enjoying every minute. Of it. And Carol, just <laughs> he didn't look like he was enjoying it. And then, 
Now we're in the bathroom. Peter's tending to scratches on his legs. Greg comes in and Peter says he fell into a rose bush clipping the stupid hedges. Greg says it was Bobby's turn, and Peter says he volunteered. Greg says Bobby has made a pigeon out of Peter. <laughs> and Peter doesn't want to talk about it, and Greg says, okay, it's your wings getting clipped. Mm. In the boys' room, Peter comes in and sees Bobby's shoes and kicks them across the room. Mm. Bobby comes back from the game. He says the umpire, Mr. Ellison, works for a magazine that's having a contest. The person who sells the most subscriptions wins a surfboard. And Peter's like, lots of luck. And Bobby says, he's not going to do it alone. And Peter says, he's wiped out and Barbara broke up with him. Bobby reminds Peter Which of his idea. Which you can't idea. really blame her. I know. Peter says, fine. And Bobby says, not if you're mad. And Peter says, he's sorry that Bobby saved his life. Mm. Bobby says, stay away from falling ladders then because he won't be around. And Peter says, great. They end up saying they've got nothing to say to each other for the rest of their lives. And Peter is writing Bobby out of his will. In the morning, Alice is serving Peter breakfast. He can't even, like, pour his own cereal, apparently. Yeah, Alice is well, pouring it for him. I know. I'm like, she's. does she really have to wait on them like that? Cindy and Bobby come in. They say they're hungry. And Bobby sees Peter and says he's leaving. Peter leaves, too, saying he's lost his appetite. Carol comes in and Cindy starts eating Peter's cereal, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Alice tells Carol the boys aren't speaking and Carol's annoyed. In the girls' room, Cindy is dusting. Greg and Marsha are filling holes in the walls and Mike and Jan are there too. And they're saying it's hard work, which doesn't appear to be doing that much. Bobby comes in and he wants to talk to Greg. Out in the hallway, Greg cuts Bobby off and says Bobby can't move into his room. And Peter already asked. Bobby calls Peter an ungrateful creep. <laughs> Greg says, Peter was grateful, but face it, Bobby, you used him. Yeah. And Bobby's like, I saved Peter's life. Greg and... has certainly become the voice of reason yes. for his younger brothers. Greg's him. not going to argue. He says they're stuck with each other because Peter's not moving in either. So we're in the boys' room and Bobby's doing his homework. Peter comes in and takes one of the red balls off the footboard of the bed. They've got mm -hmm. those balls on their top of their things and he starts banging a hammer on it. <laughs> Bobby <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Bobby says he's, he's trying great to walnuts. Him. Oh he's yeah. baking nuts on it. But Peter says he just likes nuts. He says if it bugs you leave the room and Peter takes a roll of tape and makes a line across <laughs> the floor. That happened in at least one other yes. side scene. Bobby turns the radio up and puts it on the line. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Peter says he great, he loves music. And then Peter turns the TV on. Bobby unplugs it and says, the plug's on my side of the line, and so is the bathroom. Yeah. And now we're back in the girls' room, and Mike has just put one strip of wallpaper. The girls, Carol and Alice, watch him. He's yes. showing them how to do it, but he's doing a shitty job. Yeah. Alice steps in a pan of wallpaper Oh, Alice. Oh, Alice. Yeah. In the kitchen, Bobby asks Alice if she wants to play a game with him. And she's like, no, I have to go to bed early. She didn't sleep because she watched a horror movie the night before. Uh-huh. Greg comes in, but he can't watch TV with Bobby because he has a date. Uh-huh. Bobby goes in the living room, asks the girls what they're doing. Marcia says, they're going to spend the night at her friend Helen's house. They have no overnight bags or anything. No, I I noticed that. They have nothing. They have nothing. It's because the wallpaper paste smell was bothering them. Yes. But, but it's like they, they're they bringing nothing with they're them. It's like walking out. Doo -doo -doo. One of them says, have fun as they leave. And Bobby's like, yeah, whoopee. He's all sad. See, I used to like it when I was the only one home. The rare time I no know. one else was most home. Most kids do. I would say yeah. if you talk to most kids from big families, they, yeah. they would like it. Mike and Carol are on their way out, too. They tell Bobby, don't stay up past bedtime. See, 
see, I'd be like, yeah, I can watch whatever I want. He says he'll probably just go to bed. There's nothing to do. Carol says Peter's home. And Bobby says he might as well be alone. Mike says it's gone far enough. <laughs> go upstairs and make up with him. And Bobby's like, it's Peter's fault. And Mike says, no, you took advantage of him. And they tell him to go upstairs and apologize. And Bobby says, okay. So we're in the boys' room. Bobby tells Peter he's sorry. Peter's like, yeah, I bet. And Bobby says, yeah, I apologize for saving your life. Believe it or not, that doesn't go over well. No. Peter says, it's the crummiest apology he's ever heard. People don't use the word crummy very often. No, I do sometimes. Bobby said I was being sincere. And Peter says, sincerely crummy. (laughs) And Bobby takes back his apology, then throws a pillow at Peter, breaking the model airplane Peter's holding. Mm -hmm. Peter gets pissed off and chases Bobby into the closet. Then Bobby breaks the doorknob and it falls onto the floor and he Mm -hmm. can't get out. Peter doesn't realize that he's stuck and says, you can spend all night in there and leaves the room. Bobby pounds on the door, but Peter's on the phone in the living room and doesn't hear him. And also, there's a bolt lock. Why is there? Why the is that kind of? of why is that kind of lock on a closet? Yeah, that's kind of weird. That. Yeah, on the outside, right? You know, the, slide you, uh, the only reason you would have a lock, so like, can, has to lock someone into the but, closet. Well, Mike designed the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peter's on the phone, and it sounds like he's having phone sex with Ernie. Yeah he's talking to he's like oh yeah, ooh, yeah and bobby's still pounding on the door peter finally comes in the room picks up the doorknob and lets bobby out. and also i figured he'd have to go in there sooner or later because if you notice the bathrobes are hanging on the wall and you know they can't go through a night without oh, their bathrobes yeah. they have to put them on over their right. pajamas bobby thinks peter says he saved his life he could have suffocated and Peter's like, you're overreacting. And Bobby says, he could have spontaneously combusted. Mm, they learned about that in school. They, <laughs> it's like, what are they teaching them? He says, Peter's a hero. And Peter says, okay, you can be my slave. And Bobby's like, no, no, we're even now. And Peter yeah. says, fine. And Bobby apologizes. They shake hands. Peter says, you're back in my will. I'm a tag. Mm-hmm. The girls' room, oh, they're all exclaiming. Did you notice they have ugly gold-colored bedspreads that go with the new yes. wallpaper instead of the old pink ones that they used And they're all exclaiming. And Carol tells Mike it looks so good she was thinking. And Mike's like, oh, no, last year when they painted the bedroom, she wanted to paint the hall, all the bedrooms. And I'm like, wow, they actually remember something from another show. And Carol's like, well, the bathroom is connected to this room. And Mike says, you're forgetting this whole house is connected to my wallet. And, and I'm like, like, his wallet. And they all start laughing. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. He's the man. It's his money. Yeah, his well, house. Carol doesn't bring in any money, does no, she? No, no. And yet she has to have a housekeeper to help her do the freaking housework. I know. I don't know. Get rid of Alice and you can paint the bathroom. No shit. How much do they pay Alice? Right. But in, in the books, very little was said about this episode. And I feel like it was just your run-of-the-mill, obvious plot. It was an obvious plot. It was one of the ones and, they've used many times And before. I even felt like the acting was, they were just like, oh, yeah. we're going through this plot, you know. Well, when you think about it, this one had no outside people, right? It was Right, just, it was just them. Yeah, it was very much like the old, like, first season type of right. formulaic, yeah. you know, stupid, somebody's... And you kind of know what's going to happen, yeah. and it's the kind of thing where, like, when things start unraveling, you're like, oh, God, now I have to sit through this, you know, when's this scene going to be over kind of thing. And why right. wouldn't the parents be like, that's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, they're so involved in other things, you would think. 
There was no lectures or anything. I know. But so that's it for those four episodes. Next time. And oh. So next time we're gonna have. We're gonna do more still on season five, episode nine, quarterback sneak. Ooh, I remember that one. Episode ten, try try again. Episode eleven, the Cincinnati kid. Oh yeah, and that's one. Uh, yeah. And episode twelve. The elopement. Ooh. So things are getting exciting. So thanks for listening, oh. right? And <laughs> Stay groovy. <laughs>